Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that features the very best in career development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Pat McDowell. I want to help you build a plan to become the kind of leader you want to be. Happy Thanksgiving to those of you celebrating in the United States. And Thanksgiving is an appropriate theme for me to thank you, the listener. Grateful for what you're doing in the nonprofit sector. And I just want to do even more to help you find your path in nonprofit leadership or help you feel even more rewarded by the work you're doing right now. Speaking of being thankful, I'm particularly appreciative of now 132 episodes that have featured outstanding nonprofit leaders and experts from around the world. In these two years since we have started the podcast, it was actually on National Philanthropy Day in 2019, but these conversations have fortified a new book I'm excited to share with you coming out in early 2022. It's called Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, and yes, that won't surprise you. It is the same title as the name of this podcast, but that really is what I'm all about. I want to help people like you either find your path in the nonprofit sector or help you feel better about the path you're already on. Quite honestly, I'm worried about many of the leaders I've gotten to know in the nonprofit sector. It's hard work already. And it seems like many of you also are in a lonely leadership position. Your board is either micromanaging you or disengaged. Either way, they're driving you crazy. And you may be struggling with the turnover of your staff or trying to maintain their morale during a pandemic while you try to find an emotional balance yourself. I get it. And that's exactly why I wanted to put this book together, bringing together the wisdom I've collected over the years of my work in the nonprofit sector. I wanted to provide you a practical guide, seven distinct steps to better nonprofit leadership. But more importantly, as I just mentioned, to help you have a more rewarding experience that you deserve, that you can feel motivated and fulfilled by your work in the sector because the sector needs you to be at your best. And I'm hopeful I can play just a small part in helping you move toward that goal. So if you're listening to this before you hit the Thanksgiving table later today, let me offer you this appetizer uh, as to some of the concepts that will be featured in the book. And hopefully it'll get your wheels turning. And I'll try not to use too many food analogies. But yes, there is food for thought here that I think will help you. As I'm sure as we all move into a holiday season, it's a time for reflection. And that's exactly what this book will become, a reflection as you move to the larger buffet that is the year ahead. 2022 offers all of the opportunities and hopefully not too many of the challenges that you're currently dealing with. In this episode, I'm going to offer you five distinct tips uh, that have, in fact, been featured discussion from our current fall cohort of the Mastermind Program. We've got 13 very talented nonprofit leaders from across the United States, and these are the topics that have come up in our conversations and I thought would be worth sharing with you because they are also featured in the book. And you know, something that's come up in virtually every conversation within this podcast is the ability to get ahead of your calendar. That is tip number one. How can you be more effective, proactive calendaring? Because it just is a critical element for nonprofit leadership. 
many of us feel the pain and the pressure of reacting to a calendar. But number one, are you allowing yourself specifically what I would call daily margin? Do you have something on the calendar literally that is just for you? I call it on my calendar daily prep time. Often it's in the early morning hours when I can get things done, either catching up or getting ahead. But do you have that time on your calendar when you can specifically address some of the issues before the rest of the day or the rest of the events of your calendar take over? I get it. You're going to run into the unexpected realities of nonprofit work and things are going to be thrown at you without warning. But find that time every day that you can because it will pay off. And it leads to the second element of this first tip, the ability to schedule deep work. I, I, this is a refrain to our mastermind groups. They hear me say this every single session. Have you scheduled some time for yourself, not just catching up in the work that you do, but time for yourself to reflect, to read, to write? I'm often amazed at the wisdom that is in the heads of every nonprofit leader that I'm working with, and I want them to write it down. And so among the things I'm suggesting is when do you have time to write down some of your best leadership tips, things you've learned, things that would help someone else in your sector, someone else in your organization. But that's what scheduling deep work can allow you to do. And maybe it'll manifest itself in an article, in a publication that would allow others to learn from you. Or maybe it'll be part of a presentation you can make in 2022. But the point is, if you don't schedule any of this deep work time, you won't really be able to get into the qualitative side of what you know and what you might be able to share. The third and final piece of this proactive calendaring tip is the specific ritual of a weekly review. I'm a big fan of this. I've talked about it with a number of guests and others that I have worked with. It's one thing to have a to-do list, but do you have a distinct time on your calendar each week to not only review what happened the week before and did you get the things done that you needed to get done, but also are you proactively looking at the week ahead? It is without fail uh, a critical ritual for me. I happen to do it every Saturday morning. And I go back day by day for the previous seven days, and I always find things I forgot about. I always realize I made commitments in a meeting or during a conversation or something that occurred to me in my notes. I can then address it and reorganize it for the week ahead. And also, I can be more effective in preparing for meetings, sending information in advance of next week's calendar so that those that I'm meeting with are more prepared and our time together will be more fruitful. Make sure you put that weekly ritual, that weekly review into your calendar as well. The second item that I offer you as a piece of advice is a proactive decluttering a decluttering of something in your professional life. It's funny, it's come up in every one of our mastermind groups in the last month. The literal stress that the clutter in your life creates, and it just kind of hangs over you like a dark cloud. And what do I mean by clutter? Well, there are a number of things I would encourage you to address because the volume of content coming at you is only going to get worse 
It's coming at you from every direction, your email, your phone, your social media, your Slack or project management software, your database. All of this creates a high-volume activity that is hard to keep up with, and it's easy to fall behind. Maybe for you it's going to be decluttering your inbox. I don't honestly believe in inbox zero, but I do believe there's a lot of emails that may be hanging over you that you quickly looked at and you buried and you need to have systems, maybe by sorting your emails or whatever method that works for you, but take some time to declutter that inbox of your email. Um, Something else could be simply that pile of paperwork on your desk. It sounds trivial, but... I bet you have a pile right now on your desk at home, your desk at the office. Maybe it's on the kitchen table. But do you have a mechanism to go through that and make sure you're not forgetting something? Uh, We've had several folks bring up the fact that it's their closet or it's their garage or there's some physical manifestation of the clutter. But you know something else that has come up, good ideas around the clutter that is your handheld device. Do you have too many apps? Uh, Do you have too many uh, files or folders on your screen, on your laptop computer right now that, in essence, creates a visual sense of clutter that can be difficult psychologically and also, by the way, difficult to find things when you actually need them? Now, I don't want you to throw up your hands and say, wow, I've got clutter in every one of those categories. <laughs> Trust me, I did too. But you know what I did about it is I've created a weekly ritual to help me feel some progress. You know, we'll never get totally caught up. But I have a Sunday afternoon ritual that I literally put on my calendar and I just title it Declutter. And it's where I go through the pile, the physical pile of material, of things that have come in the mail, and I can shred it. I can scan it, I can recycle it, but I'm going to move. And it's amazing how much you can do in a focused 30 minutes. So maybe for you, it's that 30-minute email catch-up. Or maybe it's a two-hour Saturday morning to go through, finally, that pile in your closet. But the point is, I believe leaders have to stay ahead of the volume. And so maybe it's not only scheduling the time to get caught up, but then it's keeping a weekly ritual to go through this information so that it does not pile up and that you don't lose time during the week simply trying to find things. And it's amazing how many of the leaders I've talked to that feel both the literal relief of being able to find things, but also the psychological relief of knowing that you don't have this clutter that's slowing you down. All right, so you've thought about what you can do to make your calendar more effective. You've thought about what you can declutter and then how you can maintain a routine to make it more efficient as you manage the volume. My third suggestion for you is what I would call strategic networking. What are you going to do to be more effective as a strategic networker, which is a critical skill, I'm convinced, as a nonprofit leader? Because What is going to separate you from the rest is not within your current organization. It's going to be your ability to keep your head up and see outside of the organization and connect with the kind of leaders and experts that are around you in your sector or more broadly in the nonprofit leadership community. Now, I know it's a cliche to say that you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with, but there is a nugget of truth to that. And are you surrounding yourself with the kind of leaders that you aspire to be like? 
and that you can gather the kind of information that will help you do your current job and perhaps help you scout your next one. So if you like this idea, let me give you four things you can think about to literally create your networking list for 2022 or the next 12 months ahead. First of all, go back through your calendar. Go back through your calendar of the last 12 months, and I guarantee you'll see people that you had good connections with, if not in person in 2021, they were on Zoom, that you would enjoy and benefit from a reconnection. Every time I do this kind of annual exercise, I find people that it's been six, seven, eight months, but I really do want to connect with them. Perhaps I lost track of that original conversation, but that will give you ideas of the kind of people that you benefited from and would benefit again if you reached out. Second exercise you can do to create your top 10 lists. In fact, that's what I do. Who are the 10 people you want to connect with in the next 12 months? You can look back at your calendar and see those folks that had value. Number two, consider people that are comparable in their roles at a different organization than yours. In other words, who is doing a job like yours at a different organization? Perhaps it's within the sector. Maybe it's in a different sector. But they share a similar leadership responsibility to you. And you both would benefit from a connection to talk about what are you dealing with? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? What are you doing to plan for 2022? It won't take much to create a valuable conversation. doesn't have to be overly scripted. You know, two or three questions and the ball will start rolling and you'll have a great conversation. And I guarantee you will get ideas that will benefit you and your current leadership position. Now, related to that, a third category of strategic networking would be what I'd call aspirational leaders. In other words, you're all first looking for folks in the comparison set that are doing your job. The aspirational leader is someone doing a job that perhaps you'd like to do someday. Who is considered the very best in your sector, in your organization, uh, somewhere else in the country, uh, or even around the world? The point is, there are best practice individuals and leaders that you probably have identified or it wouldn't take you much to figure out who they are. And with a appropriate and respectful outreach, I bet they'd be willing to talk to you. And that could also allow you to have the wonderful conversation, starting with questions like I often do on the podcast. Why'd you get into nonprofit leadership? What helped you along the way? What have been some of the most strategic junctures that you faced and what resource or advice helped you? And that's people will offer that kind of answer to you, and that can be invaluable uh, even in just a 45-minute Zoom meeting that you could learn from someone like that will be a fantastic resource for you in the spirit of strategic networking. Here's the fourth and final kind of subcategory within this strategic networking piece of advice, uh, find someone that could use your help. In other words, I'm always telling some of the best nonprofit leaders with which I work, number one, you want to always have the spirit of and willingness to be coached. But I also think it's equally valuable to be a coach yourself. Who is someone more junior to you at your organization that could benefit from a strategic networking meeting with you? I guarantee there are folks in your organization or maybe outside of your organization who are trying to follow the same path you're on. And so while you're looking for someone aspirational to help you, remember you represent 
the aspirational contact or leader that someone else would really benefit from. And there is real value in sharing your wisdom. It kind of forces you to collect your thoughts and to ponder what has helped you, what resources helped you. And in sharing that, it may strengthen and give you new ideas to help yourself at the same time you're helping someone else along the way. So consider those four elements of strategic networking. Build your target list for the next year, and it will add incredible value to your nonprofit leadership. All right, so you've considered your calendar. You've considered what you can declutter. You've pondered strategic networking contacts that you can make in the next year. So I'll offer you the fourth appetizer in this pre-Thanksgiving episode, and it's called Design Your Own Continuing Education Plan. Let's face it, you never arrive to a state of learning that will allow you to rest on your laurels. Uh, I have pursued myself graduate education, doctoral education, and it only proves that I still have much to learn. And I think that's the spirit we all need to have as nonprofit leaders. What are we going to do to fortify that ongoing, continuing education? Now, this does not suggest you need to pursue a formal degree or certification, although that may be part of your plan. I am suggesting you need to do something. And I think it's helpful to think about the next year. In this case, at the time of this recording, 2022 is the year ahead. You need to have a continuing education plan for the next year. So if you think about it that way, what courses are you going to take in, during the spring semester of 2022? Okay, if you think about it symbolically, like you did in education, you have a spring term, you have a summer term, and you have a fall term all coming up in the year ahead. What are you going to do and try to learn or accomplish during those specific time periods? To me, that mental framework helps from keeping things on a back burner that kind of never get done versus having some specificity around the timeline so that you will accomplish what I know you want to accomplish anyway. So, for example, in my case, and it won't come as any surprise to you, with a book coming out, I'm going to spend my spring semester studying marketing and marketing of a book in particular. That's something that I'm intrigued by and obviously would like to, to promote the book. So I'm going to focus everything I can. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to be reading books. I'm going to be reading articles. I'm going to be networking with other authors to learn how to best get a book into the marketplace and get it into the hands of readers that I think might benefit. Now, another course that I want to take, and again, this is a self-guided, self-perpetuated curriculum here, is around cryptocurrency. I have lots to learn there. I don't fully understand the impact on the philanthropic sector, but I know it will have one. And so I know that that needs to be a course, so to speak, that I need to take. And I'm going to be listening to the podcast that I can find that will take a deep dive into that and read what I can to learn more. But again, I hope that gives you another example. What are the topics you need to learn more about? Maybe it's public policy within the sector in which you work. Maybe it's fundraising. Maybe it's strategic planning. Or maybe it's a subset of any of these topics, you know, like legacy or plan giving within the fundraising space. The point is there is much for all of us to learn. And so what are you going to study and how are you going to design that curriculum that will make you more effective and more confident in the year ahead?
In our mastermind program, we focus on a set of 10 skills and experiences that I believe nonprofit leaders need to have to excel in this profession. And what I'm encouraging, though, is each individual not to bury themselves in 10 different subject areas or experiences, but just pick two. Pick the two that you either can amplify because you already have some skill there and you want to make it even stronger, or if it's an area you're not comfortable Often, an area that comes up is financial acumen. Many of our nonprofit leader friends, you've come through the fundraising or maybe the program side, but managing the budget, understanding the financials is an area that you're not quite as confident. Well, that becomes your graduate education for the year ahead. All right, I've given you enough on that topic, but hopefully these first four nuggets will get your wheels turning, and I'll finish with a final of these five suggested areas to help you be a better nonprofit leader. And it is, in fact, to take care of yourself. Yes, I want self-care to be more than just a platitude that we aspire to but don't have any conscious or specific action to assure that it happens. Because I've had now a half dozen guests on this podcast who specifically talk about, of course, the rise in mental health issues and all of the stress that I know you're dealing with. So if you want to be a more effective nonprofit leader and get the reward you deserve, kind of the emotional and uh, psychic reward for being in this sector, you've got to be intentional about your self-care rituals and routines. A refrain that I have in every single coaching session I'm a part of is, are you scheduling time for yourself? Now, I know I mentioned previously the calendar proactivity of scheduling work time, if you will, to catch up or get ahead. But in this case, I mean, are you scheduling time to decompress and find that escape that you deserve, whether it's a daily walk or some form of meditation or exercise, whatever you need to recharge the batteries. But Again, I don't mean to be your parent, but as a friend, I'm going to say it. You have to find that time because the more you become frazzled, uh, it uh, certainly will affect everyone else at your organization, and you have to be intentional. For me, it pops up on my to-do list. I happen to use OmniFocus. I'm a fan of that app because it works across my devices, and I put in there a weekly kind of reminder to myself, and it's phrased in a question, what are you doing this week to address health and wellness? And it reminds me, well, maybe I need to schedule some more time to exercise. It also forces me to think about what I consider the big three, one of which is exercise, the other two are sleep and diet. And so it uh, makes me reflect on, am I eating as healthy as I need to? The answer is almost always no. And then how am I getting the rest that I need? Because it is clear when rest is not uh, being approached correctly, everything else gets worse. And so it's allowed me to kind of experiment with some of these things, to eat better, to go to bed earlier, whatever it takes, whatever you need to do to focus on your health and wellness, I am suggesting that you be intentional about it. Perhaps like I do, put it on your list so that you're forced to think about it on a weekly basis. And the second area, speaking of meditation, is that do you have a meditative practice that offers the relief that I'm describing? For some of you, it may be the exercise. It may be the walk. It may be getting outside. For others of you, it might be reading outside of your work uh, environment. 
writing, journaling is something I have become a big fan of. But the point is, what is your meditative practice that allows you and your brain to relax and, in fact, inspire more creativity as a result? Now, you'll notice one thing I'm not putting on this restorative list in the meditative practices is the binge-watching of some television program. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to channel surf for hours sometimes, but I know that it's not as healthy as simply unplugging the devices and finding other ways to recharge. So consider what you could do and what would be most fulfilling in this space. And last but not least, one of the most fun discussions we have in the Mastermind program is around the personal retreat And as we approach the holidays of 2021, as this episode is released, but it can be any time of the year, I am a big fan of, and for the last 15 years, have taken an annual personal retreat. Now, that may be just going across town, or it may be going far away, giving yourself literally a retreat, like many of your organizations do, to plan ahead and reflect on the year behind. But do you spend the time to really unplug, get away and think about your year, your next three years, five years, even ten years. And something we talk about is literally designing the retreat. Uh, If you have the means and the capacity to do so, I think it's a perfect two-day event that will really allow you to get away and to think about where you're going. You can do some of the exercises I've discussed in this episode, but it allows you to find your voice and find ways to look ahead not only to take care of yourself but to make sure you redirect your career direction and plan well as you might imagine i expand on all five of these concepts in the book and would be grateful for your review when the time comes and hopefully it can be helpful to you but for right now i hope you will take all five of these areas of advice to heart What can you do to get ahead of your calendar? What can you do to declutter your life? Uh, How can you more effectively network with the many talented individuals that would likely spend time with you if you reach out to them? What can you do to design your continuing or graduate education in the year ahead? I know you have goals. Let's talk about ways that you can actually accomplish them. And then finally, Make a recommitment to your self-care routines and rituals. Find those things that work for you. Put them on the calendar, including perhaps a getaway to do a personal planning retreat. I think you'll find it highly valuable. Well, if you found these appetizers helpful, I'm going to add to your podcast buffet in the show notes for this episode. Make sure you check it out. This is episode number 133. I'm going to link to some similar episodes that I've done or guests that I've specifically talked about these topics. So if you want to further your reflection in the areas of personal and professional development, I'll give you some more things to listen to. Speaking of resources, make sure you go to our website, patmcdowell.com. On the homepage of that website, there's an opportunity to schedule a time for a call or a Zoom, and both of which I'd be happy to do. If you'd like to discuss your nonprofit organization in ways that I might be able to help or perhaps discuss your personal journey toward nonprofit leadership, as you have heard me say many times, I enjoy this kind of coaching experience, either one-on-one or perhaps it's through our unique mastermind program, which we are taking applications for uh, beginning in the spring of 2022. 
So if you'd like to learn more and have a no-obligation conversation, let's talk about it and see if this might be right for you. Or let's find another way or another resource to help you along your path to nonprofit leadership. Remember to check out our new podcast page at patmcdowell.com. You can scroll back through all of our episodes now, totaling 133. And, of course, you can follow or subscribe uh, to the podcast. Just go to the follow button on the podcast page, and you can find links to all of the primary podcast platforms. Thanks, as always, for all you're doing in the nonprofit sector, especially as part of this Thanksgiving Day episode. We need you. Your talent is appreciated in the nonprofit sector, and we need to find others to join you in nonprofit leadership. So I hope you'll share this episode with just one other person. Let's continue to build a community around nonprofit leadership. And I thank you one more time for the great work you're doing in nonprofit leadership. Keep up that good work, and I'll keep bringing you content that will help you do it even better. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time on The Path.